in movies, TV series, video games, books, and more. This is Potential Picks. Hello and welcome back to another edition of Potential Picks. I'm your host, Chris Dewar, and I'm joined by my co-host and fellow Spartan, Taylor Sokol. Today we're reviewing the military science fiction television series, Halo. This is, of course, based off the uh, very popular game franchise by Xbox Game Studios, this was developed by Kyle Killen and Stephen Kane, and this aired on Paramount+. Plus. This has been something that I think we've been very excited for because, you know, Taylor, Halo has been a game series that has been so popular for a long time. There was talks of a potential movie for years yes. and years. There was a long time where at one point Denzel Washington was attached to be Master Chief, and just years and years I think at one point it was maybe Spielberg was going to do it. And then Peter Jackson was attached all these big names and it never got off the ground for some reason. It just never happened. Well, finally, here we are 2022 halo coming to at least the small screen uh, nine episodes here for season one. It's already been picked up for season two. Uh, and that was before the show even aired. So clearly Paramount uh, has a lot of faith in this show. Uh, so Taylor, we're going to do a spoiler warning. Spoiler warning. We are going to do uh, sports today because uh, we want to talk about some of the major plot points, but give us a brief synopsis of Halo and then uh, let's suit up and get into this review. On me. <laughs> Spartans. Uh, the series of Halo is, follows a 26th century war between the United Nations Space Command, uh, which is essentially um, what kind of the, you know, the good guys, kind of, if you will. The good guys, if you will. Uh, against the Covenant, which is a theocratic military alliance of advanced alien races, and they're determined to eradicate the human race. And we follow our main character, uh, Master Chief Petty Officer John 117, um, as kind of our main characters. We follow him and one of these Spartans, which are these super soldiers that are developed and created um, by the U, um, USNC. And, uh, you know, we follow as you know, they are used to fight off the Covenant, they end up uh, coming into contact with some alien ancient technology that kind of sets our main character, Master Chief, on this kind of collision course to basically challenge everything he's believed, his own humanity and all this. And there's this, it's it's a really interesting ride from there within one of the first episodes. I was really excited about this show. Um, Chris and I, we're not huge Get Halo fans, but, you know, we, we've dabbled. Um, so when I saw the trailer for this, I was pumped up really that first episode. Wow. I was like, okay, I'm, I'm hooked. Yeah. I think I, I've never been an Xbox owner. I've only played Halo a little bit when I've gone to like a friend's house. Like this has got to be like God, 15 years ago now, uh, sometime in high school, I'm sure. But for someone that isn't very familiar with overall, the games, the plot, the lore, I was very excited because I'm like, this is a great way for me to get into this franchise via a TV show because Streaming now, I mean, as we've said over and over again on this podcast, has really become such a popular form to tell stories if a movie's not going to happen. And man, just from the trailer alone, I was like, looks like they put some money into this thing. You know, this is a lot because it has to be, there's a lot of CGI involved, but there's so many like practical effects of the armor, the weapons, 
the the buildings, the sets, they did a lot in this. I I was like pleasantly surprised how much uh, they really put into this. I think what ultimately uh, uh, failed for them a little bit is some of the story elements. I think a lot of people that are fans of the games feel like they kind of took, they chopped up some of the lore and, and took some of the parts and they kind of, I think what happened is they had to develop a, a show that would cater to a wide audience because not everyone is a gamer. And there are people that have Paramount Plus that, you know, a huge part of Paramount Plus is the Star Trek franchise. So I think people are going to see this as a new sci-fi show that maybe it's different characters. There's obviously a, a lot of great action, but they have to have a story with some characters that's going to deal with drama, with romance, with a little bit of thrill. That's not just what the games are meant to be. So I think it's a hard, it's a hard line to cross of how do you, how do you mend all that into one show? But I agree with you, Taylor, that first episode, we meet a character that honestly, most people are not very fond of. I don't really give a crap about her either. Um, but we had to have kind of the human base world that oh, it made me laugh. The planet's called Madrigal. And all I could think of was Encanto. Yeah. Welcome to the family, Madrigal. I was like, that's kind of uh, interesting that they're both the same. Yeah, first having the Covenant show up and just kind of wrecking house, uh, you know, these giant, tall alien warriors that have these uh, really intense weapons and seeing that they were going for the gore factor. When people were getting killed, it wasn't just like, oh, they blow up in like green smoke. No, we see body parts blow up the most. Oh, yeah, there's blood splatter. It's, yeah, people are getting dismembered. Yeah, it's a lot. But they clearly set up from the first episode that when we, when we do the action scenes, when the Spartans show up, and they're going to fight the Covenant, it's going to be all-out war. It is fantastic choreography and the visual aspect. You know, these weapons look great. They have the plasma sword that the aliens have, and that really did set the tone for the show. I think the problem was after that first episode, we don't get a fight again until, like, episode five. Uh, And this is where I think some of the stuff they did in this, I think, could have been condensed to, like, one episode. Uh, A huge part of this whole plot is we have, yeah, John, who's our master chief, kind of waking up and discovering that he was stolen in you know his youth from his parents by Dr. Catherine Halsey, played by the glorious Natasha McElhone. Of course, we as uh, fans of the Truman Show. Yeah, or Californication, Karen. Or Californication. Uh, she's a great actress, and she's like the scientist who her program is who invented the Spartans, which again, yeah, as you said, they're enhanced beings from a young age, they're taken and they're trained and kind of mind manipulated to be crazy fast, intense. Yeah, and and also repressed emotions. So they're just they're just you know obedient killing machines. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so so much of this plot is him discovering that he was taken as a child, and this there's a reason why he became this ultimate killing machine. You know, he's the one that most people look up to. He's master chief. He has this title for a reason. And on the flip side. We have this other character, McKee, played by Charlie Murphy, who was taken in her youth from the Covenant. And they both share this ability that the alien tech of this, these two devices they find throughout the show, when combined and touched by them, will not only show them memories of their past, which is how John starts to discover that he was taken as a kid. It's going to lead them to what is ultimately the goal, the halo, which is these giant ring-looking planets that are, you know, full of greenery and, you know, kind of reminds me of a, a stelium when they, you know, the movie with Matt Damon where all the people on the ground floor were in the shit and on the top was like glorious heaven. And that's kind of the ultimate plot of these two characters, one from the good, one from the bad, discovering how do we connect and figure out this alien tech. 
there's like five, six episodes of how to like get all this. And I think that could have been condensed to like one or two episodes. They go on way too long about it. And we needed more action because damn Taylor, the action in this is where it's at. Well, and, and this is a, a challenging thing when you have a video game franchise. The franchise has been since 2001. So this is over 20 years. And there's been multiple games, spinoffs, whatnot. I mean, Master Chief, Halo, that is like the icon when it comes to Sony or Xbox. It's like, that's like their mascot. That's their Mario. So when um, you translate that, you've got to give something for the fans. And I think this, from what experience I have with some of the Halo games, I was an Xbox gamer myself. So what my experience and yours, I really love that they did kind of make you feel like you were in the game at times. There's a lot of vision from first person. Yeah. Yeah. The first person for the Spartans helmet, especially when they're taking out the bad guys. And they did that really well, which I thought that was really cool where it was a concept they kind of failed in. They were trying to do in the doom film uh, way back when, where there was only one kind of first person moment like, Oh, this is epic, but this is throughout the show. And I really did like that they did that, but it didn't feel like out of place. It felt like number one, you felt like you're in the game Two, it, it felt like it worked. And with the CGI and everything and these, uh, the, but these fight scenes were amazing. I thought the CGI is really well done. I love that we got the human element and we kind of not too much, but we're kind of dipping our toes into finding a little bit more about this covenant, these alien races that, and I like the idea that both the humans and aliens are maybe both, you know, they're both the enemy, but you know, who's the hero of whose story. And they're both trying to get this halo for, you know, what, what, what good is it going to do where both sides could use it for nefarious purposes? So I did like that. And the concept of these aliens, they, they did a really great job from, you know, my exposure to the games. I was really impressed. Yeah, because you got the big brute ones. And then there's a whole fight scene in like episode five where they look more like more like raptors or like, you know, lizard kind of creatures. And there's some small looking like crab looking ones, like these giant hunchback shells. And then we, of course, get what are the like ultimate, uh, they look like kind of gorilla type ones. Uh, in the end. And so they did have a good mix of all these different characters. And even the, the, the three kind of leaders of the Covenant who kind of come off like uh, Star Wars characters. They have these very creepy, yeah, they're worm-like. Like, they're like Dexter Jackster mixed with the, Cam- Ca- the Kaminoans. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's very interesting the way they talk. And, uh, you know, them, them. I think the thing that was, I, I would have appreciated a little less time spent with John figuring out what happened in his youth and more time explained about the Covenant because this is already set like we're years into the war. This isn't like the war has just started. And I think we could have had more time spent Maybe that's something they'll they'll do more in season two. We can have more time to actually spend of like why the covenant showed up, how they showed up. I would have liked more little backstory, a little more prequelness. Yeah, because they don't really explain. You know, they they say in the show that they don't know what planet they come from. It's they've never discovered where the covenant comes from. And even in the final episode, it's not the covenant's own planet. I think so. It's also like they don't know where they're from, and so why do they keep popping up and how strong they are? And we could have had a little more time spent there uh, because at times the show does kind of become a little soap opery. It comes a little like long drawn out shots of close-up faces, dramatic. Uh, and I appreciate some of that, but that was a little much at times. I was like, let's get going. Like there's a whole scene where McKee, she clearly, even though she has evil intentions because she's doing it for the covenant, she is pretending to be a human left over from this battle and her and John have this whole connection because they're the two that both have this power to unite the halo. And they even like sleep together at one point. And it's just a lot of like these long drawn out, like 
shots of the two of them like and and i always kind of felt like mckee even though she has some cool little powers like she has like a little nail fire thing she can do and eventually she rips it out of herself which was kind of weird she just always came off a little like overacting to me i don't know i I felt like it was a little much and i don't know if it's because most of her time in the show is spent with these cgi characters so maybe she felt she had to go you know a little above and beyond or even kind of into the character with it because she's been isolated from humanity she doesn't know what to how to act around humans so as kind of an inspiration but um yeah there was a little too much you know of that long drawn out moments and you know speaking of like characters that i i felt like i should care about but i didn't because i want to get back to hail and we have a uh, year ha who plays uh, Quan ha as she's the survivor in the first episode of you know this rebellion her whole family her whole uh you know village gets wiped out and the spartan she kind of survives and she's trying to rebuild this rebellion i didn't really feel for i wasn't really excited about that and it was even worse where you have kind of this side um you have this episode yeah you have the side episode side series and you have also this other villain uh vincher graf played by burn gorman who he's really we love yeah oh great actor for so, so many things from from dark knight rises and whatnot and he comes off as, oh my God, this is a guy that forced me to reckon with. He's like kind of the Ramsey Bolton, um, you know, Game of Thrones fans. Um, but he, he doesn't get a lot to do with. And it's kind of like, okay, he's, you know, but um, I was kind of bummed about that because I kind of felt myself kind of drowning out on those. And Bokeem Woodbine, who uh, plays Soren, who he was a Spartan uh, when they first were kind of like, you know, more like 20, uh, getting ready for the army. Him and John were like best friends. He eventually wanted to desert because he knew that this was chaos. This was, they were controlling us. We had no free will. So he kind of becomes another member of this rebellion squad. And yeah, it's like him and Quan, they kind of joined forces for their own you know needs. And there was a whole episode, episode seven is a whole side story set on Madrigal. And it was just like, it felt so out of place. And like, again, yeah, we're kind of like, okay, we don't really care. We want to get back to John and what's going on with the halo and the fight. And I felt a little bad for that because even like Venture, I kind of felt like it would have been cool to see that maybe he secretly is working with the Covenant or some way to tie into the bigger picture. Um, and clearly, again, I know with these shows, they like to have, you know, in a similar style to like Game of Thrones or something that's so popular, there's multiple characters. It's a way to branch out and not just keep telling the same part of the story. But moving forward with season two, I think they're going to have to really focus more on just the fighting and we are left in a very cool kind of cliffhanger here where after this huge fight sequence uh, against so many Covenant. And again, a little shout out to what is cool about the, if you are a fan of the games, Jen Taylor, who has voiced Cortana for all the video games, is Cortana in this, which is the AI in John's suit. Uh, in a moment of desperation when he's literally about to be killed and all of us, it's only him and like his three you know Spartans trying to take down this whole crazy army and you know the halo's about to happen he has to decide do i take do i take this uh you know item or do i save my p- team i can't do both but he's like if i touch the the sacred artifact it, you know it will um i cannot touch it without affecting everyone else so then he allows cortana it's like you got to take over my body which there was this tease that she could literally take over him and she's like i don't know if i can get you back yeah, that scene where when he does find out that he was stolen, there was that cool shot. It was like back in like episode four or five where he goes to attack Halsey and mid, mid air trying to punch her. She goes, Cortana. And literally we see John just kind of like fall to the sides so he can be taken over, which is a good like safe measure because John, again, is a very strong uh, brute of a Spartan. But uh, yeah, McKee touches the item and while she's about to go up, 
we see Kai, who's a fellow Spartan, shoots McKee. So McKee's been killed. And in the end, yeah, Cortana takes over John and John just wrecks house and uh, gets the artifact out. And the thing is, of course, if he's touched the artifact at any point, it always glows and starts to have the power. He goes and grabs the item and there's no glow. So this has really given us a clue that even though John's probably still in there somewhere right now, he is the full, what we call master chief. And the series ends with them taking off the planet. The three alien guys who run the covenant are still alive and they're like pissed, obviously. So we're going to have, you know, a vengeance mission in season two, but we are left off with true master chief. He's just sitting there looking out into space and Kai's like, John, is that you in there? And just silence. He's just staring forward. Yeah, that was, that was creepy. Um, so you know what? I look at the show and I go, I'm not a fan of every part of the show, but for the, for the production value, for the action sequences, for just the world building. And I think they did a lot of great cinematography. It, it was one where I, I, I liked a lot of it and I was pumped to see the next episode. Not everything worked for me, but I think the acting's great. I think Pablo Shriver and Natasha McCallone are like two standouts for sure. And I'm excited to see what they do with season two. I hope they can go a little bigger and bolder with the, actual fighting part and give us more of the actual covenant uh, against the Spartans and go from there. I could do a little less with Madrigal and all that stuff. So overall for me, uh, even with a little plot points aside for the production value of the action, the fighting, this sits somewhere like in a seven to eight out of 10 for me. It was, it was enjoyable. I had a good time with it. And Paramount did a, did a knockout job for what is a, a hard task to translate a long running video game franchise into one show. 100%. I'm going to go with the solid eight as well for everything you listed and more. And yeah, I cannot wait for season two. I hope that you all enjoyed this as much as we did. Uh, who knows what's going to happen for the next one. There's so much lore to pull from as they are doing more of kind of an original story based on the already established lore. So it's very exciting. You can watch all nine episodes of the Halo TV series now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. And that was this edition of Potential Picks. Thanks for listening to The Potential Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Potential Podcast or on Twitter at The Potential Pod. Or you can email us. Send us your positive feedback and thoughts, suggestions, and more through our email, thepotentialpodcast at yahoo.com. I'm your host, Chris Dewar. And I'm your host, Taylor Sokol. Stay tuned for more episodes on pop culture, entertainment, and nerdum. And remember, know, know your, your potential. potential.